This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Good morning, everybody. Let me find that invitation song. Good to be with you this morning. Good to see everybody. All the bright and shining faces and smiles. Y'all are certainly a huge encouragement to me, and I appreciate that. Appreciate the opportunity to share this morning. You can see the topic that uh, I'm going to be speaking to, which is uh, eternal versus temporal, or your English Standard Version may say transient, which means, you know, passing. Temporal, temporary. And so I hope to spend a little bit of time uh, in this, uh, on this subject and kind of share with you, I guess I'll start out by just, you know, kind of what, what makes me think of these things. Uh, I would say probably, probably my age, you know, the older you get, which I did like to comment, Phil or one of y'all said, Clint. I was like, oh, I'm usually that target when it comes to getting feeling old. Uh, yeah, so I think it's probably age that uh, makes me kind of get a little reflective. Um, you know, having children and then grandchildren, you know, you just start to see things and you start to see people go through things and you want to give them perspective and I think perspective is probably one of the words that's been on my heart recently. Friday we had a, a men's study. We're going through a book and um, we talked a lot about perspective. You know, how you see things. How your frame of reference impacts the way you view things. You know, as you're older. You know, I've had a lot of experience. Made mistakes and, and different things. Uh, and challenges or overcome challenges, you know, it just gives you different perspective. Uh, one of the things that definitely has got me thinking about eternal versus temporal, um, it was a trip I took to Pennsylvania. And uh, I went back in July. We had two funerals, uh, an aunt and an uncle both passed away earlier this year. Uh, and so due to COVID and my uncle was actually, he lived out in California, and none of the family could get together, so we had a this scheduled Goodland reunion in, in uh, kind of near the Greensburg area of Pennsylvania. We felt that that was a good time, that the family would be together. We could celebrate the lives of both my, uh, my mom's uh, sister and my dad's brother. Visiting with my uncle, my, my mom's uh, brother, um, talking about just how he had to go through all my aunt's things. She, she was never married and get rid of things. And we were looking at some things because we went and visited where she lived, which they still own. And uh, it was my grandparents' house. And, you know, you just, it just gives you perspective when you think of, okay, all this stuff, you know, that they had to deal with. Anybody who's had a, a parent, perhaps, or parents that you had to go through their things and downsize them or 
you know, liquidate those things. You just, it just gives you perspective, especially when you're in an acquiring mode of life, when you're thinking, okay, I need this to be able to go do that. And you just like, that, you know, all this stuff is meaningless to others, perhaps, you know. We, um, you know, it just gave me some perspective about, you know, purpose of life. And um, at this family reunion, we had printed out, or one of our family members has done a lot with genealogy. Maybe you've had some family members that have done that, aunts, uncles, cousins, or something like that. So they had these big plotted printouts of the Goodland family, okay? And then also from my dad's mom's side, the Fink family. And so this Goodland family tree went back like five generations. It was pretty interesting. I think uh, Friedrich uh, Gutling uh, was over in like Switzerland, Germany area. And so uh, that was kind of interesting. And you know, you just follow it down and the tree's spreading out and they're gonna have to do a, probably a D-sized paper when they hit my family. So, you know, it's Lord willing, right? So, you know, it, uh, it, you just see like this blop on, you know, just a little square, you know, on this family tree. And you, you think of how full your life is, like how you remember from when you're a little kid to where you are now. And this is like, there's a lot of story there, you know, and they have to condense it down to this little blip. But really, you know, uh, it gives you perspective on life. <clears throat> you know, what am I going to be remembered for? It makes you think of those things. It just does. And when you're young, it's hard to think about those things because you just see so far out in the future, like, man, that is like, if you're 20 or 15, thinking about, you know, where I am and Clint, that's like, I'm trying to think about infinity, right? It's like, that's just so hard a concept to get your head wrapped around. Infinity? And like forever? You're going to be with the Lord forever? It's like, my head hurts. I got to stop thinking about that, right? Because it's just, that's that far out there. Well, you know, how quickly it goes. So anyway, uh, it gets you thinking about everlasting things, eternal things. Another thing recently is uh, yard sales. Go to estate sales, right? When they just sell everything. I kind of mentioned that a little bit with my aunt. But, you know, it's just like, that, that looks like an heirloom type of thing. They just sold for a quarter. You know what I mean? So, you know, we don't, our stuff is just stuff. It's just stuff. Maybe meaningful, maybe, probably what it does and, and this will tie me into like the Google Photos we have, right, in our church. I think the earliest one I see back there is something like June, July, 2015. You know, and I think it's like maybe, maybe Ava, Eden, and they're sitting on a couch or something. If you go back in there, you'll see them. Cora's in there. And uh, anyway, so you just, those are triggers. And that's what that trigger is. They're like maybe you go buy something you visited and you, and you bought some, it's real meaningful. Well, the, the thing itself isn't meaningful. It's like that picture, it's those people, it's those memories, right, that are meaningful. And, and, and that's a trigger for you, and that's why you are dear to it. Maybe it's a picture of a family member. And uh, so, you know, no matter how my kids behave, they're not gonna distract me. So, I'm gonna stay on target here. So anyway, those are some of the things that we've been talking about. Um, this Letters to the Church book we've been studying, we, I mentioned about perspective. This chapter we reviewed was talking about, you know, basically the Holy Spirit that's in us and how sometimes 
um, the power that we have as Christians and the Holy Spirit in us um, gives us tremendous power. And sometimes in these four walls, if this is our life as a Christian is just in these four walls, it's kind of like animals in a zoo, right? Uh, and, th- and that was his analogy where you have all this power, but we just, this is just it. It's like, no, that's not why we're made. You know, we're made to be out in the world with that power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, just not comfortable in the church building, but getting out and serving. Uh, I thought that was really a good perspective to have. So at any rate, um, sometimes when we think eternal versus temporal, uh, it makes me think of um, what my, uh, sometimes you go through tough times and you know, my father-in-law was in Vietnam. And so he had the perspective of, you know, there, he was just never kind of sweat the small stuff kind of guy and everything small stuff, you know, when you got a fender bender or, you know, just whatever. It's kind of like, you know, and that's perspective. I don't have that perspective. So when he shares that, it's like, yeah, you're right. You know, it's just like, yeah, that's, it's not that big a deal. That guy cut me off. Well, it's really not that big a deal, you know, and we always reflect back on that and go, that wasn't that big a deal. Anyway. Age gives you perspective. So when we think about uh, the most meaningful things, I, re- I really do believe it comes down to relationships. And we'll talk about relationships here in a little bit. But it's with our, our Father in Heaven, our relationship with Christ and our relationship with each other. That, that's really what it all boils down to, I think. All this that we have, we enjoy. The things we enjoy the most... Probably, you know, I would say come down to your relationship with your Father in Heaven and your relationship with your family and friends and your brothers and sisters. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read someone who is a, a lot more wise than me. And it is, uh, and since he, he captured the Lord's Word, that really makes him pretty smart, right? So this is Ecclesiastes 1. Clint and I were just talking about this this morning. And it gives you a great, great perspective when you think the here and now is just it. This is, you know, the striving for earthly things, is it? Well, Solomon, recording God's words, God's inspired word, and God gave him the opportunity to enjoy everything under the sun. So let's just read just Ecclesiastes 1. The subheading for this chapter is, All is Vanity. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes. But the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. And around and around goes the wind. And on its circuits, the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full to the places where the stream flows. There they flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. 
Is there a thing of which it is said, see this is new? It has, al it has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be, and among those who come after. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. And it is unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity, and a striving after the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive this also, it is but striving after the wind. For in much wisdom and much is much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. You know, I, uh, I read that, and as he says, understanding the limitations and inquiring wisdom of everything under the sun, these are all temporal things. That's what, that's what Solomon's telling us. These, all this is temporal. And he tells us that, I believe, to teach us the focus on eternal, focus on those things that are unchanging. Certainly that is God's love for us. Like a father to our children, the Writers of God's inspired word throughout the Old and New Testaments speak to us. And that's, that's how we try to impart upon our children, isn't it? You know, like God's word teaches us. That's, that's the perspective we have. Of we try to relate to our children and teach them. Shifting our focus from the here and now to something later. The forever perspective. You know, who has said to their children, don't worry, you, you know, I'm explaining this to you, but you will understand when you're older. And that, and that really, that older is really just trying to capture life experiences, wisdom that you will gain. And that's, I think, what God is teaching us through his word. You will understand. If you seek that wisdom in his word, we will understand You know, we parents try to challenge our children to think eternally versus just the temporally. And even the small things try to gain perspective. Here's some scripture I think, and the one I have noted behind me, I'll read, that, you know, God says it throughout his word to be focused on eternal versus temporal. Even as difficult as that is in our everyday, we get caught up in so it's an opportunity to just kind of step back and get perspective as I read some of these passages. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For things which are seen are temporal or transient, but things which are not seen are eternal. Romans 8.24 says, For in hope, we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he is already sees? 
just like when you're young, you don't understand, you don't understand what your parent is saying. I don't, I don't understand because I don't see it. Trust me, God says to us. I know you don't see it. Trust me. So I've given you my word. I've given you all these people that have been through these experiences to teach us. May we be good learners and listeners of God's word, practicing what he teaches. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. The sight is what we see, the things we know and experienced. But God has such a better plan for us that we don't see yet. But he tells us, you will. You will. Hebrews 11.1 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You know, a handicap of Christians would be spiritual nearsightedness because it's easy to see the temporal and hard to see the eternal. Nearsightedness, according to Meridian Webster, is able to see near things more clearly than the distant things. Of course, farsightedness, on the other hand, is seeing, being able to see great distance or having showing good foresight or judgment. The writer of Hebrews speaks a lot to eternal things. Eternal things that are only through Christ. One example is eternal redemption found in Hebrews 9, 11 through 12. To be redeemed. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood. He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Also, eternal salvation, Hebrews speaks to. In Hebrews 5, 9 says, Having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. For all those who obey him, eternal salvation. I know we want to be obedient. We want and seek eternal salvation through Christ. Also, eternal inheritance. You know, not the inheritance of things from your aunt or your father, but eternal inheritance. In 9.15, for this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant, a new agreement, so that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. And also it writes in 1 Peter, he talks about eternal glory. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That's what we want. Eternal glory in Christ. 
I look forward to that, him perfecting me, confirming and strengthening me, and establishing me. And I think we all seek that. And our home in heaven forever is the, our eternal habitation that Luke writes to in 16.9. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by means of wealth and unrighteousness, so that when it fails, they will receive you into eternal habitation. If you remember, this is after the parable of the shrewd manager that was spoken of. And what that manager did for earthly longevity, earthly habitation, the parable complimented him on that. Now we know that our earthly habitation is not the end. You will spend eternity somewhere. We know that. So we are all really focused eternally. But we want to be our habitation to be with Christ in heaven. God the Father. Did you know that the New King James Version speaks to everlasting and eternal life 44 times in the New Testament? You know, if God says it just one time somewhere, we pay attention to it. But 44 times is a real focus on directing our minds. So for our children, when we sound like a broken record sometimes, you know, if God can say it 44 times, we can tell you a couple hundred at home, right? Because he knows we need that. We are all deaf at times of hearing what he's trying to tell us. He says, be focused on eternity. Live in a way that your eternal salvation is secure. And we know, me foremost, that the temporal things can crowd out our minds and limit our goals of really what we want to strive for. When we want to live faithfully? What do we spend our time doing? And I don't think it's a sin to want to live comfortably, but at the same time, if that's our focus, if that uses the best of what we got in terms of our energy and our resources, we can challenge ourselves and say that it's probably not the best use of that resource that God gives us. You know, the things that I think are the, the highest for me, and I think you would agree, of how we want to spend our time and our resources, and our, our time is our number one resource, isn't it? Again, the older you get, it is. You realize that the other things you have, they make, you know, my, my cousin used to say they make new money every day, Right? but your time is spent. <clears throat> I would say your number one is your relationship with the Lord. The time you spend in the Word, your time spent praying to the Lord, your time spent worshiping the Lord, and really remembering what He has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. That is the, the very best use of the time that God has loaned us effectively here. 
The next would be the time that you spend in your relationship with your, your family, those closest to you, your, our church family, showing the love that you have for your spouse or your family, discipling, shepherding, teaching and training up your children, protecting them, caring for them, praying for them, those relationships. You know, again, if I reference that Google photo book and you know, I mean, when I look at those photos, it brings back to remembrance that maybe we're working at somebody's house, doing the mundane, very mundane things, picking up garbage along the roads. I don't remember the work or the bending over or, you know, the, the soreness of whatever we did. It is those relationships that we have. Those are, those are the things that are so beautiful, I think. And then lastly, the relationships with others, maybe people we haven't yet met. Reaching out to those that are lost. Our time spent doing that. Sharing God's word, praying for them, encouraging others. Maybe it's feeding or clothing or serving in some way with an eternal perspective in mind for them that they may know the source of the power that's within you. These are the most fulfilling things. They truly are. And I do believe that God has just built that in us. I think, I think everybody really has that built in them to realize that. Sometimes we do many, many things not wanting to admit or recognize that. We can chase dreams, things that really just don't fill that void, that God void in us. I mean, there's many meaningful things to be done, but with the absence of God, it is for naught. All these things that we have, they'll, you know, They'll all be outlived in eternity. And as Christians, we, may be, we should be filled, in, and I believe we are, with just an overwhelming joy that we have that hope to be with God in heaven. You know, sometimes we, uh, we can lose that perspective of the joy we have because the, the things of the world can draw our attention away. And that through that joy that, that those others around us can see within us, that's attractive. That's attractive to the Lord, that people would be drawn to the Lord through each of us. So anything short of eternal salvation is the small stuff. Just keep that perspective in mind. Well, that's my message for the day. Maybe a little bit sobering. But I pray that it gives us each perspective on the important things. This lesson, like most all mine, is, is for me. I hope you got some benefit from thinking about those eternal things, maybe reflecting on the importance of, of your relationship with the Lord and with your family. 
And just being just eternally thankful and grateful. If you don't know the Lord, if there be anybody here and you, you want to feel, feel that void that's in you, that's there, I would encourage you to, when Gavin sings us this, uh, leads us in this song, I think it's Gavin, right? You're leading that, yeah. That you would, you would want to correct that. And if there's be anything that you would want all of us brothers and sisters to pray for you about, I would encourage you to take that step as well. So at this time, Brother Gavin, please lead us in a song. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.